I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. And that's how I got Pope Leo X into power. Anseel laughed and downed his seventh glass of blood wine, having moved on from his bottles of Babylon's Orchard Hard Cider. Sheldon, more than a little tipsy, couldn't help but match Anseel's laugh. You've had a real storied career, haven't you, Anseel? Like you wouldn't believe. Anseel's sunglasses were off and sat neatly folded in front of him. He rested his head on his hand and looked at Sheldon with eyes drowning in affection. I'm happy that I met you, Sheldon. You really are special. You know that? Sheldon could not help but blush, looking away, bashfully, before downing his last bottle of cider. Thank you, Anseel. I'm happy that we got to know each other a bit better. Oh, Sheldon, was all Anseel could say as he sighed dreamily. From across the table, Adrian, looking at the lovey-dovey, hopefully soon-to-be couple, finished another bottle of brimstone chocolate liquor and nudged their boyfriend, Morningstar. You seeing this shit, big guy? This fucking date is going so well. Morningstar, one of the rare straight-edge denizens of hell, quietly ate his sundae and nodded. Yes, this has been going better than I expected. Astia, drunk, and having just polished off a bowl of angelic century eggs, snickered. Aw, Star, me Palumbulus, are you disappointed that you didn't get to shoot anyone tonight? No, I just didn't think Anseel and Sheldon would get along this well, Morningstar said, as he ate the last remaining skullberry on his Sunday. I'm glad to be wrong. Adrian snuggled up to him, cooing into Morningstar's chest. You are such a fucking softy. You know what's my favorite thing about you, big guy? Thank you, Adrian. The large bearded vulture smiled as he reached down to hold Adrian close to him. And my second favorite thing about you is your absolutely enormous co- Adrian, Primrose firmly interrupted, trying her best not to slur her speech. This is a high-class restaurant. Let us show some decorum here. The paralegal imp scoffed. Aw, oh, come on. I mean, look at those two over there. They're practically moments away from fucking... Fucking... Adrian pointed to the pair at the other end of the table, too wrapped up with each other to pay any attention to anyone else. They swapped stories, laughed together, and every now and then they would touch. First, small and subtle, but now much more bold. I admit... Primrose began as she swirled around an empty bottle of cider. This is going even better than I thought. I am glad those two are hitting it off. She breathed a sigh of relief. As reassuring as she was to Sheldon Pryor, she could not help but worry that something would go wrong tonight. Luckily, 
It had been smooth sailing so far. All Sheldon and Anseal had to do was close out the night. Simple, Primrose thought to herself. Nobody could possibly mess this one up. Right? Anseal reached up to squeeze Sheldon's upper arm affectionately and giggled softly. You want to know something, Sheldon? I knew you were special the moment I saw you. Like when I sat on the chair? Asked Sheldon, his head swimming in the warm buzz of alcohol and Anseal's voice. No, from the moment you walked into the room. Anseal moved his chair closer to Sheldon, barely inches away from his face. Fear is something we mammons take great pride in cultivating as part of our professional and personal image. Intimidation, after all, is just another way for us to get what we want. Charm and seduction may have its place, but at the end of the day, we need to flex our muscles to show who was really in charge. Anseal continued, But you, you were different. You weren't afraid of me at all. Not even a bit. You just strolled into that test chamber like you owned the damn place. Like you owned... Like you owned... He lost focus when he realized just how close he was to Sheldon. Anseal reached forward with his hand to cup Sheldon's face gently. You never saw me the way that everyone else sees me. I was never really a demon to you, was I? Sheldon reached up and held Anseal's hand. He felt so warm. No, I didn't think of you as a demon or some kind of nebulous anomaly to be afraid of. He gently rubbed the bug demon's chitinous hand. You were another professional, one who clearly outclassed me in experience and skill. I only wanted to prove myself, to prove that... Sheldon paused, his train of thought completely derailed by Anseal's large eyes staring into his. Sheldon's breath held in his chest, as they shared in a silent moment, merely observing each other, feeling each other. Sheldon breathed in, and the smell of flowers was stronger than it ever was before. He even smells beautiful, was all Sheldon could manage to think. At the other end of the table, the four demons could only watch the unfolding romance in front of them with rapt attention. Astia, held on to her wife's hand and watched with bated breath as Sheldon and Anseal held each other. Anseal was inching himself closer to Sheldon, his heart pounding as loud as a cannon. Sheldon, I... Sheldon Katz was quiet. It had been too long since he felt the warm touch of romance in his life. He still couldn't believe his luck that someone as gorgeous as Anseal actually wanted him that way. I want. Anseal was so close now, their lips almost touching. Sheldon wanted to reach out, to embrace Anseal against him, to feel his warm demonic body pressed against his own. Sheldon was trembling. He closed his eyes and leaned forward, his lips open, and... I want you to join Mammon Industries. Silence. At the other end of the table, 
The four other demons watching this were as stunned as Sheldon Katz was, their mouths agape and their eyes wide. What? was all Sheldon could mutter. I told you this before, Sheldon, when we first met in that chamber, Anseal continued. You're too good to be wasting your time with these frightened apes, jumping at shadows. Mammon Industries, that is your true home, Sheldon. That is your true potential. That is your true chance at real power. Sheldon pulled his hand away from Anseal's and sat up straight. His face hardened as he processed what his supposed lover had just said. Of course, he thought to himself. I was so stupid. Anseal, are you... Was this always just about business from the beginning? What? No, I mean... Yes, but... Anseal was panicked now, tripping over his own words. Sheldon's brow furrowed as he felt anger stabbing its way into his heart. Anseal, was any of this real? Was all of this just some ploy for you to con me out of my soul? Con you, Anseal said, eyes open with shock. I've never attempted to deceive you before. I told you, Sheldon, I was being honest. I told you before. I hold a lot of professional admiration for you. Silence again. Sheldon could do nothing but stare at Anseal. Professional admiration? Sheldon finally said in utter disbelief. I... I thought... I thought... From the back, Adrian bit into their knuckle, harder than they'd ever done before. Morningstar grimaced and held his boyfriend closer to him. Astia's eyes were wide. She covered her own mouth with both hands and slowly shook her head. Oh, no, no, no. Primrose pinched the area between her eyebrows and swore under her breath. Fuck. I thought you actually liked me, Anseal. Sheldon's voice trembled as he spoke, his emotions inflamed by alcohol. It's just like before. You're just buttering me up, making me drop my guard, until you decide to try and make your move and try to devour my soul for yourself. Anseal's eyes narrowed, his voice soft and far away. I knew. The contract you offered me years ago, I knew, Sheldon said as he reached for another bottle of hard cider. You changed the terms halfway through negotiations. You thought I didn't notice, but I did. He opened the bottle and took a deep swig. You almost got me then, but I am not stupid enough for you to try that on me again. No, that's not... That's not what I wanted. That's... Anseal stood up. His wings buzzed in spasms. He was panicked, and if he needed to breathe, he would have been hyperventilating. Sheldon, please believe me, you've got the wrong idea. You've got... Before he could continue, he felt a warm, furry hand on his shoulder. Primrose had gotten up and brought her chair with her, putting it between Sheldon and Anseal. I think we should all take a deep breath, calm down, and talk. 
Ansel slowly sunk down to his seat and put his head in his hand. Sheldon was almost slumped over, his hair a mess and his eyes red. Morningstar brought his chair over to Sheldon so that Adrian could hop up and pat his back. Okay, began Primrose as she took a deep breath. We are all fairly drunk and emotions are high right now. We may have said some things that were poorly phrased, but let us all calm down and take it from the top. She turned to Sheldon. You claimed that Ansel was attempting to devour your soul and that he had attempted to do so in the past. Could you elaborate on that? Sheldon turned to look at Ansel, who was rubbing the gold hoop of his collar, now more out of nervousness than anything else. Sheldon took another drink and cleared his throat. He began. When we first met, we were negotiating a contract. I tried to find terms that were favorable to the Foundation, something we could use to our benefit at minimal loss. This was prior to tactical theology, so none of us knew what the fuck we were really doing or getting into. Fuck, we weren't even sure if it was a demon behind that desk or not. He continued, I was young and insecure. I just wanted a big win, something to prove I was valuable. As we continued negotiations, he praised me. Ansel told me that he was impressed with what he saw in me, that I had razor-sharp acumen that few people, let alone mortals, possessed, that my talents were being wasted with my current occupation, that I deserved better. Sheldon rubbed his eyes. I knew it was just manipulation. I read his file. I knew what was going on, but it got to me. I started to believe him, to let my guard down. He went on that spiel about power and mammon industries and my true home and professional admiration and I bought it. He turned to look at Ansel for a moment. Their eyes met before Ansel turned to look away. I told him I would consider it. So we negotiated a new contract, one for my employment at Mammon Industries. As time went on and we kept writing and amending the contract, I realized something wasn't right. Ansel was changing the language of the contract subtly, a word here, a comma there. I pretended not to notice. I figured if I could catch him in a lie, then, I don't know, we could gain power over him somehow. Like I said, we really didn't know what we were doing. It's why so much of that contract was arguing over definitions of individual words. I needed to figure out what Ansel's game was, what he was really after. I never fully figured it out, but from what I could recall, Sheldon tried to take one last swig of his cider, but found it empty. He set the bottle down and sighed. If I signed that contract, I wouldn't be employed by Mammon Industries. Instead, Ansel would have gained full possession of my soul and I would either be enslaved, devoured, or both. Mercifully, I passed out from exhaustion and when I woke up in the hospital, I realized just how hard I nearly fucked up. It's why I never told anyone about this. How could I? So, I just requested for transfer and tried to forget about it. Sheldon chuckled mirthlessly. 
Well, until you told me that Ansiel had actual real feelings for me and wanted to see me again. So much for that, I guess. It took a moment for Primrose and Adrian to process what Sheldon just told them. They turned to look at each other, troubled. Ansiel, Primrose began, her voice firm. Is any of this true? Was this just a ploy to gain possession of Sheldon's soul to begin with? I... Ansiel was far from the image of a powerful archdemon now, looking more like a nervous wreck. I don't know. I'm... sorry. Primrose sighed and rubbed her temples. Ansiel, this was going so well. What... What were you thinking? Ansiel was silent as he tugged on his collar's hoop once again, gripping it harder and tighter than before. Adrian looked at him and scratched their chin. Wait, something doesn't add up. What Sheldon told us about that original contract, it would have been a serious breach of company policy to do something like that. You definitely aren't the type to pull that kind of shit, Ansiel. That is true. Primrose stroked her chin. Ansiel, this may be a bit of a tall ask, but do you have a copy of this contract? Perhaps a truncated copy of it? Could Adrian and I look through it? Sheldon scoffed. Unless he's been carrying around a contract all night hoping for me to sign it, I doubt there's anything further to discuss. Ansiel was silent with an unreadable expression. Without a word, he reached into his inner jacket and pulled out a contract folder, bound in red, smooth leather. Sheldon could only stare in disbelief as Ansiel slid it over to Primrose and Adrian. Thank you, Ansiel. Primrose turned over to her human friend. I truly do apologize for all of this, Sheldon. Give us a few minutes to look through this, and if it's as you said, we will leave immediately. Sheldon only nodded quietly. He suddenly felt tired and more drunk than he realized. He let Primrose and Adrian work through the contract as he sat facing away from Ansiel. He heard two sets of footsteps approach him, and a moment later felt Astia's hand gently run through his messy hair. It's all right, me Caprula. Like we promised, no harm will come to you from anyone. Morningstar stood next to him, his arms folded and ready to reach for his rifle. Yes, should Primrose give us the signal, we will transport you swiftly back to your world. Your safety is paramount to us, Sheldon. Thanks, you two. As much as Sheldon felt thankful that he had two extraordinarily powerful demons as his backup, the thought of the both of them fighting Ansiel, that they might hurt him, made his stomach churn. He watched as Primrose and Adrian looked over Ansiel's contract. They examined it carefully, Primrose passing pages over to her paralegal to inspect with her. Sheldon could not help but notice occasional moments in which both of them simply looked at a page completely dumbfounded and confused. Minutes later it was over. Primrose folded the rest of the contract back into its folder and placed her hands on top of it. She gave her paralegal imp one last look before taking a deep breath 
and turning to Sheldon. Okay, so she began. First of all, yes, you were correct to say that there was something wrong with this contract, but it is not quite what you may think. Sheldon squinted his sore eyes at Primrose. What do you mean? For starters, Adrian continued, we don't know what the fuck this is, and this definitely wouldn't hold up in court, not for a fucking second. We're actually kind of shocked Anseal wrote something like this. This isn't his usual quality of work at all. Primrose nodded in agreement. This is not like any contract you would normally sign with the Mammons. From what I could tell, Anseal wasn't trying to devour your soul or steal it. In fact, you wouldn't be selling your soul at all to him or to Mammon Industries. I wouldn't? No. Primrose chose her next words carefully. At some point in the contract, all mentions of Mammon Industries stop. In addition to that, most of the transactional language of these sorts of contracts stops, instead becoming more about an exchange. You would be giving your soul over to Anseal specifically. Adrian took the contract from Primrose and held it under their arm. With wording so vague that the person exchanging their souls could either be you or Anseal, or both of you, which would make this contract, technically speaking, a marriage proposal, Primrose finished. Though, to your credit, with how it is worded, it could also be easily interpreted as you becoming his slave, or a business partner, or an adopted relative, and so on. The demon lawyer sighed and closed her eyes tight. Attempting to untangle all of that while drunk may have been the hardest moment in my legal career. I am very tired. Sheldon stared at his demon colleague and her paralegal familiar. He was expecting them to start laughing, to tell him it was a joke. Instead, they remained silent and groaned in drunken exhaustion. Any possible anger left inside him had faded, quickly replaced instead by confusion. He turned to look at his date and found him covering his face with both hands. His wings were once again buzzing hard, and from what little Anseal's face he could see, it was near peach pink. Anseal, Sheldon finally said, his expression and voice soft. What? What is it that you want? Anseal tried to speak, to explain himself, that this was just a big mistake. But as he opened his mandibles to speak, he found no words, no voice. Emotional turmoil rendered him mute. Adrian sighed, stood up, and walked over to him. Anseal, moneybugs, listen to me. The usual cheeky smile was gone from the imp's face replaced now by a stern expression. I know figuring out your own emotions isn't your strong suit. The mammons don't pay you for that kind of shit. But I'm telling you, right now, that you have to do it. This is your one last chance to unfuck this whole situation. 
They placed the red leather folder on the table in front of Ansiel. You don't want to spend the holidays alone again, do you? The imp walked back to their seat and left Ansiel alone with his thoughts, alone with his feelings. He ran a finger across the smooth leather of the contract folder. What was it that I felt? Ansiel closed his eyes and dug deep. He thought back to his first meeting with the human lawyer, to all the times since then that he'd thought about him, to Primrose and Adrian telling him he'd finally have a chance to meet him again. He thought back to the date, to seeing Sheldon for the first time in years, to being near him, to hearing his laugh, to seeing his smile, to feeling his warmth, feeling Ansiel thought about the feeling that connected all these moments together. He walked through each one and gently tasted it. It was as sweet as fresh nectar and felt like the gentle flutter of wings in his chest. It was a lightness, not so much as the lack of weight as it was the relieving of a massive burden he didn't know was there. A bright sparkle and pop that had his heart singing. He had never felt this way before, not for anything or anyone. No one ever came close. No one except for Sheldon Katz. In the center of that feeling, in the center of his heart, he saw Sheldon looking back at him. And behind Sheldon's eyes, Ansel saw that exact same feeling glowing right behind them. Sheldon, I want... And then, Ansel realized what he truly felt. What he truly wanted. The archdemon's eyes opened and looked up to meet with Sheldon's. Ansel opened his mandibles to speak and finally found the right words. Sheldon, I want... You. But not so you can join Mammon Industries. I want you for... You. Ansel stood up, his legs wobbly and arms shaky. I'm... I'm so sorry, Sheldon. I've made such a mess out of this dinner. I promised Primrose that I would just try and stop thinking about business for one second and just enjoy myself for once, but... But... Sheldon Katz stood up, assisted by Astia. Ansel... Business was easy. I understood business, you know. I looked at everything as just another job because because it helped me make everything feel easy too. He walked closer to Sheldon now, his heels clicking on the marble floor slowly and heavily. I'm not very good at this, Sheldon. I thought if if I just looked at you as another job then I could figure out what I was feeling, what I was going to do. Sheldon attempted to meet him halfway, but as he slowly walked forward, he suddenly became aware of just how drunk he really was. He quietly cursed that last bottle of hard cider. Ansel, listen. It's okay, alright? It's okay. Sheldon's head swam as he hobbled forward, 
Disoriented and dazed, he ended up colliding into Anseal. The both of them reached out for support and found their hands around each other. They stood there silent for a few moments. In a warm embrace, Anseal ran his fingers through his favorite human's hair. You know, Sheldon, you weren't the only one in that test chamber that day who had no clue what they were doing. Sheldon chuckled, mirth having found its way back. Well, I'm glad that makes the two of us. Anseal smiled and cupped Sheldon's cheek again. I think... I think I understand better what I was feeling then. When we first met. Anseal continued. I wasn't lying, you know. It wasn't manipulation. I really did mean everything I said then. You really are one of a kind. So intelligent, so brave, so sharp. I wanted you then, but didn't understand how I wanted you. I thought maybe I just wanted to recruit you into the company. Anseal held on to his human lover's head like he would a precious gemstone. But as we started to negotiate, I kept feeling so jealous. I didn't want someone else to own your soul, not the mammons, not your foundation, not God, no one. No one except for me. Anseal's voice was only a whisper as he uttered that last word. The demon reached out for his human's hand and held it tightly. More than that, more than any other desire, more than my own desire to possess you, was... was... Anseal's hand trembled as he held on to Sheldon's. He brought it close to his chest, up to his neck, and looped Sheldon's fingers through the gold hoop of his leather collar. Sheldon, I wanted... I want you to... to... Anseal. I want you to own me. Silence again. Heavier than anything that ever came before, Sheldon looked at Anseal, his fingers still hanging on to his collar. Anseal only sighed and attempted to blink the slowly welling tears in his eyes. I... I shouldn't... I'm sorry, we can just stop here and... No. Sheldon gripped onto the gold hoop of Anseal's collar tighter. I don't want us to stop here. Anseal's eyes were wide open, tears falling freely. What? Nobody has ever wanted me as much as you wanted me, Anseal. With his free hand, Sheldon reached up and held the back of his lover's head. Thank you. Shell. Before he could react, he felt a hard tug on his collar as Sheldon pulled him toward himself. Their lips were pressed together as Sheldon held Anseal as close as he could. The demon slowly closed his eyes as he melted into the kiss and gently trailing his hands all over his human, his property, his treasure, his owner. Primrose and Adrian could not help but breathe a final sigh of relief 
as they saw the two lovers finally reached each other. Astia shook and sniffed, misty-eyed. Oh, oh, this is, this is just too precious. Morningstar sat down, finally relaxed. Yes, I'm happy no one had to die today. I am just glad this night has a happy ending, said Primrose, slumped over and nearly falling out of her seat. <laughs> Speaking of happy endings, Adrian pointed at the couple in front of the group, now making out louder and more vigorously than before. Should we, uh, break this up or... Oh, come now, Adrian, Astia said. They worked so hard to get here. Let them enjoy their moment. I mean, sure, but, uh, they're really going at it. Astia watched for a few more moments. Soon enough, she felt a warm blush spread across her face. Uh, okay, maybe the happy couple is getting a little too... Astia tried to finish before the sound of a belt hitting the ground stopped her. D did Ansel just... Yep, answered Primrose flatly, still slumped over on her chair and not moving. With just one hand? Yep. And now his jacket's off and the tits are free, Adrian said calmly. You want to handle this, Primrose? The jackal demon sighed and summoned Blood Rose into her hand once again, using it to pull herself up and as a walking stick. Adrian, get the bill, please. Star, Astia, help me separate these two before we get permanently banned from this very expensive and nice restaurant. It took some effort, but eventually they were able to pry the two love bugs off each other, though convincing them to keep their clothes on was a greater effort. Adrian pulled out the checkbook and tried their best to focus their eyes on the page. Come on, Adrian. Write the correct amount of zeros here. They finished, squinted their eyes at the check, and cringed. Ugh. Ansel, you owe us big time for this. The party soon stumbled out of the gold ziggurat and felt the cold ocean breeze on them. The palm trees swayed, as if wishing them a good night. Sheldon, do you require transportation back to Earth? Primrose said, though she felt that she already knew the answer. Sheldon looked to Ansel, whose jacket was now unbuttoned and hung loosely over his shoulders. The demon looked at him with a pleading look in his eyes. I think I'm going to spend the night here. He reached up to twirl his finger around a lock of Ansel's hair if you're willing to have me. Ansel leaned down to kiss his human lover on the top of his head. You can stay at my penthouse for as long as you want, my dear Sheldon. Well, then I will pick you up later. Ansel has my number. Primrose turned to look at Ansel. Remember to keep him hydrated. Humans still need water. Humans still need water to live, especially after physical activities. Don't worry about it, Primrose. I'll take good care of him. Ansel giggled and ran a finger down Sheldon's neck. Ready to go, love? Sheldon smiled, grabbed Ansel by the collar, and pulled him close. I would love to, my succubus. 
Um, uh, Anseal stammered, pink in the face. Bye guys, thank you for coming, see you tomorrow. And just like that, cats and mammon disappeared in a cloud of smoke, off to do who knows what. The four found a bench and collapsed, resting for just a moment. Well, we did it, Primrose sighed, slumped against her wife. What a roller coaster. Astia wrapped her arms around Prim. Yep, worth it though, Adrian sat in Morningstar's lap. Agreed, everyone else said in unison. There was long, celebratory pause as they watched the sun go out. Dimmer. Dimmer. Dark. The nighttime sky would be a treat for Sheldon to enjoy after their planned activities. After a minute, Morningstar broke the silence. I have a question, he said, looking at Adrian. Yeah, they replied. What's a himbo? What? Earlier tonight, you called me a himbo. I thought it was some species of bird, but you already know I'm a bearded vulture, so it couldn't be that. Another pregnant pause. Adrian didn't shift their gaze. They didn't blink. Hey, Prim? Yes, she answered. I'm gonna fuck the shit out of your brother. Primrose opened her mouth to say something before she stopped, leaned back on the bench, and exhaled slowly. Cool. Have fun. Wait, you didn't answer my quest. Morningstar was cut off by Adrian jumping into his arms and pulling him into a kiss before they both disappeared in a flash of fire. Nothing left but a few sparks. Are you tired, Mia Rosa? Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Still, it was a better first date than what we went through. Oh, I do not know about that. Personally, I think you threatening to cut my head off with a chainsaw and screaming at me in Latin was very romantic. I couldn't help it. I was raised Catholic. Astia giggled. She pulled her wife in close and rested her snout between Primrose's soft jackal ears. Would you like to go home? Maybe we could curl up on the couch, have a few of those special brownies, snuggle. I think I would love that. Prim smiled. Hey, Astia. Yes, Mia Rosa? Primrose sat up and held her wife's hand and squeezed before giving her a quick peck on the cheek. I love you so fucking much. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community. Hire me on Fiverr or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know. 
if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.